My name is Andrew, and I'm here with my co-host, Garrett, and this is the Highly Undisputed Sports Podcast. Garrett, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great today. Uh, this is going to be maybe one of my favorite pods of the year. We got NBA trade deadline, which was yesterday. Today is Friday. Uh, you guys will probably be hearing this about Saturday morning. Uh, but before we get into the NBA trade deadline, of course, the NFL machine itself made some huge news today with some trades in the draft order. Uh, we're going to get into that in just a second. Um, but first, we want to welcome uh, our, what do we want to call her, our producer. Uh, she doesn't have a mic yet. We're working on that. Um, but Tamara, my fiance, is working the board over here for us. Uh, if Andrew has a, uh, a stroke again, like he did last week, we got some great sounds. Uh, so let's see how she does. Yeah, and hey, guys, before we start, be sure to check us out on Twitter at HighlyIndustBut1 and Instagram at HighlyUndisputedPod. So, Garrett, if you're going to start, we can start wherever. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's go. All right. Um, probably just quick go through the NFL stuff just to get it out of the way. It was just really fast today. Yeah, yeah. You know, quick. Um, we had the Dolphins and the Niners uh, swapping at pick three. Uh, Niners trading up with the Dolphins, and they were getting the 12th pick and then two future firsts next year and the year after and a third this year. And then after the Dolphins trade down to 12 – they swap 6 and 12 with the Eagles for a Dolphins 2021 first round pick also. Um so I mean what is what do you make of that? Do you just are you assuming that the Niners are now taking, you know, Zach Wilson or what do you think? So I mean first off, the Dolphins were expected to trade that pick away anyway unless they were dead set on either Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts at 3. But I figured as the 49ers need a quarterback, they've already said that Jimmy G is their quarterback for this year. You Which, don't you okay. don't I'm sorry, I don't believe any of those reports at all. Uh, if you're moving up to three and you're trading three first-round picks, why are you saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback? I think it's just a confidence boost for Jimmy G. But Okay, I mean, but that's just what, me. you're boosting his confidence for what? He's obviously out. You're moving up to three to take a quarterback. Yeah, but he is a quarterback that was in the Super Bowl just a few years ago. So it might just be, hey, we're going to run with you for a year. If it doesn't work out, we always have this. See, if I'm Garoppolo, I'm out. I, I'm going to go up to John Lynch's office and say, get me the hell out of here. Yeah, what, what, are you, what are you keeping me here for? Is there the possibility that the Niners do not take a quarterback at three? I, I mean, I don't see You're trading two future first-round picks and your own pick this year. You're taking a quarterback. Yeah, no. You're I, not moving up to three agree. to take I was a, just, you know, an offensive lineman. Yeah, I was just wondering if there was any possibility in your mind that they no, don't. Like, no. say, a Kyle Pitts, but they have no, George Kittle. No, so. no, no. You're not trading all those picks to move up anything other than a quarterback. Yeah. That's a quarterback. I think what's even... Bigger though is the Eagles dropping down to twelve. So, what 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 do you think they do there now? Because at six it was easy, probably Kyle Pitts, just to give them another weapon. But yeah. From twelve, do you think like a Micah Parsons or? I if I'm them and Micah Parsons is on the board, that's who I would take. I would have taken him at six if I was them also because I really think they need a linebacker. Um, at twelve, I don't know if he's guaranteed to be there. There are a few teams that need some linebacker help in front of them. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. The Eagles are as good a guess as anyone's because... I, I mean, they were interested for, in Zach Wilson. Yes, okay, so you have Jalen Hurts, so. but they're still looking at a quarterback, and now they move down to 12, and so I, I, I don't know. I really don't know what to make of them. I mean, are they just going to take Jalen Waddle now because I feel like he's going to be there too? Um, I, you know, it, it's it's really hard to tell. Uh they're just the weirdest team in the NFL to me. I, I really don't think they know what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, I mean, honest. I was shocked when I saw that they were interested in Zach Wilson at all because 
I mean, yeah, you draft Jalen Hurts in the second round last year, and he starts over Carson once, and then you're already interested in another quarterback for no reason at all. I yeah. feel like that's just an obvious offensive weapon that you need to draft there, and they just weren't looking into it. Offensive weapon or some defensive help. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they didn't have a good defense last year anyways. So, I'm sorry. Wasting a pick on a quarterback after you took one in the second round last year and you traded Carson Wentz to make this guy your starter, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you took this guy in the second round, you're just not going to see what he's made of? I mean, come on. That's that's such a disservice to just your entire franchise. Yeah. It, it's really wasted draft picks. There's no way they would have taken a – I mean, if they had taken a quarterback, if I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan and, you know, I'm not, but – we already know how those fans feel about their team, but if, if I was one of them, I just I don't even know what I would do. That's just terrible. I just it's feel terrible like it was a decision huge, making. I feel like it was a huge struggle for them last year trying to figure out who they wanted at quarterback, and that's not something you should go through two years in a row, especially just trading your star franchise quarterback and Carson Wentz to the Colts. Yeah, it's it's just not it's it's nothing I see fit for them, and I'm glad that they traded out of that spot to not even think of drafting a quarterback. Yeah, I I mean you you've got to give Jalen Hurts a shot here. If you if you were willing to take him in the second round. And you moved Carson Wentz. You signed Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is not your starter. You know, he might think he's coming in to compete for the job, but he's not competing for the job. We know what Joe Flacco is at this point. He's a he's going to be a journeyman for the next two years. Yeah. But you need to surround Jalen Hurts with as much talent as possible because you need to determine if this guy that you took in the second round of the draft is worth anything. Yeah. You can't waste draft picks like that. You just can't, especially at the quarterback position. You need to figure out if that guy is legit or not. And I think he is. It's just I, I think opinion, he is, too. I like him. And then the Dolphins at six. So they traded away three, went to 12, got two picks for three, and now traded back up to six and still have a net positive of one pick and just three spots back in the draft. Is this an obvious offensive weapon to you? Is it more help on the defense? or? I think this is offense all the way. I, I don't think it's defense at all. Um whether it's – I think it's going to be a pass catcher. I don't think it's an offensive lineman. I think that they're going to address that later. Um, I would say that if Pitts is there, that's the guy they should take. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to be there. I just – I don't know if he gets by Cincinnati, to be honest. I feel like, you know, Cincinnati might need to go offensive tackle, but wouldn't you really like to add a Hall of Fame potential guy? Yes. But the Jets could also take him at two also. We don't know if the Jets are taking a quarterback. And, I mean, the, the stressful thing about the Bengals is, yes, they're going to get flamed if they do not take an offensive lineman with pick five. But, hey, I would rather take an offensive tackle in the third, fourth, even second round and have a surefire tight end that we know can catch the ball. I mean, he ran a 4-5, 4-4, 40. So. Yeah. I mean, he's fast. He's going to be a good weapon for when Joe Burrow eventually returns. I I would go him if he's there and then offensive line in the later rounds of the draft. Yeah, I, I if I'm the Bengals or the Jets, you know, yes, you need offensive line help, but I'd rather just take the guy that's, what are we going to say, he's a 90% chance he makes a Hall of Fame. I mean, he, you, you are more sold on the Hall of Fame thing, but I, I think give him a 90% chance that he will be the best or top three tight end in the league and Two, I think I think he honestly might be the best player in this draft. I know I know oh, that yeah. Trevor Lawrence I mean, I is, is that dude, but I seriously think that Kyle Pitts is better at his position than Trevor Lawrence is at his. I, I'm I seriously think that Kyle Pitts is actually the best player in the draft, but because he plays tight end, yeah, you know, he's not. Which fine, you know, I understand the tight end position and that's that's a fair assessment. Yeah. But if if you really want to just get the surefire thing and hit it out of the park, if I'm the Jets or the Bengals, I'm not passing on that guy. 
No. If you're if you're fine at quarterback, you should be taking the best available player, and that's the best available player. But I also don't think that they're mad if they take an offensive lineman because Penny Sewell is what the best offensive tackle we, we've ever seen. Or at least I mean, in the past. not maybe ever seen, but yeah, he's he's one of those guys yeah. for sure. Um, and I mean, both those teams need that at that yeah. position too. So I mean, I'm not going to crucify the Jets if they go Penny Sewell, and exactly. I'm not going to do the same thing with the Bengals either. If you know, but I would say that they should take Kyle Pitts over them. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I was always a Sewell's going to go top three, but as I'm looking at it now, he might even fall. Later yeah, he's, he's definitely going to fall because teams are going to move up for quarterbacks. He, they just are. I mean, we're seeing it now. Teams are just willing to swing and miss on quarterbacks until they get their guy. You know, it, it's, it's just going to happen. Now, there was one thing I brought, had brought up to you earlier, and you sort of disagreed with me, and this can be the last thing if you want to move into the NBA, but I had talked to you about maybe the Patriots trading up to six with the Dolphins, and you had talked about it might not be a good thing for them to have traded down and then back up and then down again, but I don't know. I think if the Patriots really need a quarterback, six might be the option for them. I mean, I think six is the option for them, but I don't think the Dolphins are going to move back down. I, I don't I don't see why you would move down and then move back up and then move back down. Like, if you weren't happy at 12, you're not going to be happy at 15. I you mean, know? it all depends. Well, who are you getting at 15 that you really want? Because they're picking at, what, 17? I mean, it depends on what receivers are going to be there come 15. Yeah, I'm, I'm at, at, seven, at 15, I don't think anybody's there. At, at the rate we're looking, they, there could be two of the top three wide receivers no, I, at 15. I think, I think Devontae Smith is gone. I think Jamar Chase is gone. I mean, Jalen Waddle would be a stretch if he gets there. I don't, I don't see either one, of, either one of those three guys getting to 15. Yeah. So if I'm the Dolphins, I'm staying at six. I mean, they traded back up for a reason. Yeah. So You're not going to trade out one of your own picks and then trade back down. So are you still seeing the Patriots as trading for Jimmy G, even though the Niners said that he's going to stick with them? Or where do you think Garoppolo eventually ends up? Well, at this and point, I would say that Belichick's going to go get his guy. Yeah. I mean, apparent, we, we heard reports, Rappaport reported it. I think Schefter said it today, too, that Garoppolo is still plan A at quarterback for the Patriots this year. And oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I don't know if Schefter tweeted it or if it was Rappaport. Maybe it was Mike Reese. It, it was one of those guys. Um but they were pretty clear that, you know, Garoppolo is at the top of the board for the Patriots. Yeah. So if he's available, which I don't care what any report says that they're not trading Garoppolo, you're not drafting a quarterback at three and then not making the guy available. I'm sorry. So he's definitely available. You definitely can probably get him. So I would say that, yeah, the Patriots are probably the front runners to get him because I don't see any other team in the NFL that's moving picks to get a guy like him. Belichick was literally willing to trade Tom Brady to make Garoppolo the guy. So we know what he thinks of him. And, you know, they have the assets to do it. They have all their draft picks. You know, they're not a successful first-round drafting team anyways. So if that's what they want to do, they can do it. Um, And the time is now for the Niners to get rid of Garoppolo. I feel like this is the only time up until the draft that they will have a, a good chance of getting some profit for Jimmy G. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what what his value is. You know, he's injured a lot. I mean, they traded, they got him for a second round pick. I feel like, I don't know, could you get him for a second again? Probably. I I just, I don't know what his value is. I don't, I mean, Carson Wentz went for a third and like a conditional first. Yeah. So, you know, is his value higher than Carson Wentz? I, I don't think so because he's got more injury history. Just because of the offense that is run in the Colts with, Carson Wentz being familiar with that style yeah, offense. Yeah, and, and the Colts were desperate, too. Like, you're yeah. not going to get desperation trade out of Bill Belichick. He's not going to no. do that. You know, he never overpays I mean, he'll guys. take his team that he just 
basically rebuilt with all of those transactions he made in free agency and say, hey, we don't need to win the division yet, but just know that when we get a quarterback and we are comfortable with said quarterback, that division is theirs again. Yeah, I mean, or he's just comfortable running with yeah, Cam exactly. Newton. I mean, he's got Cam. He he clearly likes Cam. He wouldn't have brought him back if he didn't, so... You and know. you and I are two different people when it comes to Cam. I I think Cam in year two with the Patriots will be better than year one Cam, but I don't, how much better is the, the I big question? I think that people expect Cam Newton to throw for 4,000 yards. I don't think that that's what they're asking of him. I think they want Cam Newton to be efficient on third down, be efficient in the red zone, and move the chains. You know, they're going to be a powerful running team. They're going to have, they got James White back. They have Sony Michelle. They have Damian Harris. They have three really good running backs. They're, and they have Cam Newton, who's maybe the best power back in the league. Yeah. You know, they're going to run the football. So, you know, if, if they're comfortable with Cam, and I don't want to stay, I don't want to take too much more time talking about the Patriots, I, you know, but if they're comfortable with Cam, Belichick's not going to overpay for Garoppolo. Yeah. So that that's all I have on that. I, I think he's available. I think. The Patriots are probably the only team that's looking at him, really. I don't see anybody else in the league that has any interest in him whatsoever. I mean, who needs a quarterback that wouldn't just draft one that's bad? You know, any yeah, of those, I, I know, any of the teams one. that need quarterbacks are already in the running to draft them. So I don't see anybody else moving for him. Yeah. I, uh, think, I think a second is the best they're going to get, but that's. Yeah, that's I, I, I don't see him that. being worth a first round pick. And I don't even think he's worth a second round pick this year. I think it's a next year. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's all you got, we can go straight into the NBA because I know that's what you're itching to talk about. Yeah, I really want to get into this. Um, <clears throat> I, I just got to say, there's there's like five favorite days of the year for me. Uh, it's start of NFL free agency, start of NBA free agency, uh, the NBA draft, the NFL draft, and the NBA trade deadline. And that's what we had yesterday. So, let's get into it. Uh, let's hear it. So I would like to start off with the what I feel is the trade of the day in the Miami Heat getting Victor Oladipo. I know you and I have very different thoughts on this, so I feel like getting Victor Oladipo and only getting rid of Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek and then just swapping draft picks is huge for that offense. Victor Oladipo averaged 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists so far on the season, and they didn't have to get rid of Duncan Robinson in the process. I think that's huge for them. I know you disagree, so... Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying that Oladipo isn't like a big win for them. I think that he improves their team. But I think if you're talking about we get into the playoffs and I'm facing a team that has Victor Oladipo on it as opposed to Kyle Lowry, I would rather face the team that has Victor Oladipo on it. He's not really a hustle play guy. He doesn't move the ball very well. He's kind of a it's my turn or it's everybody else's turn kind of guy. And I don't think he's very efficient. I mean, I'm not saying that they overpaid for him because, I mean, Jesus, if you got him for Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk, I mean, that's, you know, that's about as good as you're going to do. And it's not like the pick swap that they sent out was valuable at all. The Rockets are going to be worse than the, than the Heat are. So the Rockets aren't swapping that pick. Like, they're just using their own pick. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't hate the trade. I just don't think it was the big trade of the day like everybody thinks it is. Just because Oladipo's a good name and, you know, he's a good player, but... You know, I, I just I would I would have rather have had Kyle Lowry, and I would have rather given up Duncan Robinson to get Kyle Lowry, which they didn't do, and we know that was on the table. That was reported by Brian Windhorst and by Woj, and I, I just Kyle Lowry to me in the playoffs is a lot better than Victor Oladipo is. Yeah. I just he just is. I don't I don't see why everybody thinks that this makes the Heat this better team now because I think now what you've done is you've divided your closing five. I mean, I just, 
I would rather have Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, uh, Duncan Robinson, um, Goran Dragic, and Bam on the floor. Yeah. I just I like that lineup better. I just do. I, I don't know. I mean, that team went to the finals last year. Oladipo really hasn't had a lot of success. You know, he, I mean, he's put up some buckets and some points, but why are we all of a sudden acting like he's this superstar that's going to change life for Miami? And we know that he could have. They could have signed him in the off season. He he he's been wanting to go to Miami like since he was in Indiana two years ago. Yeah. So, I guess they like that they're going to get a look at him before the season ends. So I mean, that's a that's a positive for them, but. I still don't think that that was like some major trade of the day. I just think it's because he's a big name, but I mean he's 28 and I don't even think he's going to make an all-star team ever again. I really don't think he's ever going to make an all-star team. So again. your big issue with that is just you do not mind the trade. You just think that they should have went with Kyle Lowry instead of Victor Oladipo. Yeah, I, I would much rather have Kyle Lowry. But don't you think that that's a problem on the Raptors side where the Raptors didn't take the very good offer in Duncan Robinson for Kyle Lowry? Yeah, I mean cuz I think with Kyle Lowry, like he's 35 and he's making $30 million a year. He's a free agent at the end of the year. I, I get it. The rap, he's, he's the most favorite player in Raptors history. He's got a lot of the Raptors all time records, but if I'm the Raptors, a lot of teams make this mistake. They don't, they don't move their guys at the right time. So I would have rather gotten whatever I could for Kyle Lowry, moved him now and said, you know what? We don't want to lose you for nothing. Because if, if they go to free agency, they're losing him for nothing or they're keeping him and overpaying him. Yeah. And I'm not overpaying him. You can't overpay a 35-year-old point guard. Yeah. So we know that Duncan Robinson was on the table by the Heat. You should have made that deal. Duncan Robinson is a sniper. He's not good defensively, but he's a sniper. And you those guys are hard to find. He can shoot it as well as Klay Thompson can. I mean, he's that electric. I mean, yeah, he was three. on fire for the, the Heat in the yeah, bubble I mean, last he, year. So. He was probably the third or fourth most important player on that Heat team that just made the finals. I, if I could have gotten him, if, if I'm any of the 30 teams in the NBA or 29 teams in the NBA, I would have tried to trade for Duncan Robinson. I mean, he's that good. Yeah. You know, and he's he doesn't make a lot of money. You know, he's going to make a lot of money at some point here, but I just, I would have moved Kyle Lowry for something, and they didn't. And so, yeah, I fault the Heat for not getting Kyle Lowry, or for not getting Kyle Lowry. But at the same time, I really fault the Raptors because they moved off Norman Powell. So you move off Norman Powell, but then you don't move off Kyle Lowry. And to me, that just doesn't make any sense. The, the Raptors, uh, they are sitting, I think, at 11th in the East. Um, and, you know, yeah, there's 10 – yeah, they're 11th in the East. There's 10 play-in spots for the, turn, or for the postseason. But, I mean – I, I just I don't see why they'd want to make the postseason at this point. They need to rebuild their roster. Yeah. So, is there anything that the Raptors should have done in your eyes other than trading Kyle Lowry away? I think there's a case to be made they could have moved Siakam. I don't yeah, think but anybody. Isn't that a guy that you would like to rebuild around, or just say, "Hey, screw it, we're gonna get rid of everybody and then start over from scratch"? Like see, you saw another a bunch of other teams do. When I look at Siakam, I think he's 26. He's either 26 or 27. Yeah, I mean he's young. Uh, well, 26, 27 is not young, though. I mean, it is, but it's not. It's it's at the point where how much better are you getting in your career? And Yeah, he's about to be 27. Look, we saw in the playoffs last year, Boston was basically like, look, you can't shoot, and you don't really have a post move. Like, you're good in the post, but he's not amazing, and he's good on defense. Yeah. But, you know, can he be your best player on a championship team? Well, obviously mm -hmm. not because Kawhi was their best player. Can he be your second best player? Well, no, because Kyle Lowry was the second best player on that championship team. Yeah. Can he be your third best player? No, because Fred Van Vliet was the third best player on that championship team. 
So he's your fourth best player on a championship team. So you're still, if you're the Raptors, you're still three players away. I, I mean, I guess you still have Fred Van Vliet. So, okay, you're two players away, but you're the two hardest players to obtain, you know, away from getting that guy. And if you have Siakam, you're always going to be good for like 35 to 40 wins a season. So you're stuck in that purgatory of winning 40 games, not getting a high draft pick. I mean, I know that you couldn't have gotten away with that. I feel like Raptors fans would have just obliterated you know, yeah. the, the team for trading him. But if I was the Raptors, I would have done a fire sale yesterday. I would have just admitted defeat and said, we need to restart this. And honestly, I can't believe um, Masai Ujiri didn't do it. He has never been afraid to trade anybody. He traded DeMar DeRozan, the most popular player in franchise history, other than Vince Carter, for Kawhi Leonard because he wanted to win a championship. And he got a championship. He's a great GM. Yeah. I would have moved Siakam yesterday. I would have tried to move Ananobe if I could have. If you ended up keeping Lowry, but you moved the other two, I would have said the Raptors did the right thing. I just don't see where they're going. So is there a way in your eyes that Kyle Lowry retires anytime soon, though? I mean, he is 35. I think he's trying to get one more payday. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, he, I mean he's going to be 36 when next season starts, I believe. Nope. No, he, he'll turn 36 in the middle of the season? Yeah. Okay, so he's going to be 36 in the middle of the season. He's still he got something in the tank. 35 yesterday. Oh, that's right. Yesterday was his birthday. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, he's going to be 36 at some point here. You know, I, I think he's got two years probably left in him at a relatively high level. And then just veteran contracts after that pretty much? No, I think he's just going to retire after yeah. that. I mean, 38, you know, 37, 38-year-old point guards usually don't stick around. But can he be what Rajon Rondo is to a lot of teams in the playoffs and we're going to get to him? Like, I think he can. Yeah. Kyle Lowry in the playoffs is incredible. He can make big shots. You know, he's not afraid of the moment now because he's ha- he's got experience. It's hard to find guards that, you know, are going to play defense and can make big shots for you. There aren't that th- – there's a lot of point guards, but there's not a lot of elite-level point guards when, the, when you know, yeah. pressure's on. So, speaking of Rajon Rondo, uh, you have the Clippers as a, a huge winner. Uh, I think – I think – So, we can get into them now. Yeah. I think the Clippers were the biggest winners yesterday in terms of acquiring a top player. I'm not saying Rajon Rondo's, like, a top, top player, but – the Clippers had a glaring need all year, and that was point guard. They did not have a point guard. Pat Bev is not a point guard. Reggie Jackson is not a good enough point guard. Lou Williams is not a point guard. They yeah. didn't have anybody that could just, you know, run an offense. Kawhi has said he doesn't want to do that. I just, I felt like they got a guy that in the playoffs you can rely on. He's going to attack the basket. He's going to distribute the basketball. He's probably the smartest guy in the NBA, not named LeBron James. So, I felt like what the Clippers did yesterday was, A, they got off of Lou Will, who has been, I don't know if you guys know the stats, but Lou Will has been the worst playoff performer the last three years. His numbers in the playoffs have been the worst numbers in the playoffs every year. So he's terrible in the postseason. He doesn't play defense. He jacks up shots. They got off of him for a guy that's going to play in big moments. He's not afraid. He's been there. I think what the what the Clippers did yesterday was put themselves back in the contention for the title. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think they got a very dynamic point guard in Rajon Rondo, and one might say that he is the most dynamic and best point guard that the Clips have had since Chris Paul left in 2017. Oh, that's yeah, that's not a question. So Absolutely. I mean, this just shows that there are still teams that have faith in Rajon Rondo as an older point guard, which could also correlate to Kyle Lowry. Look. Like, these older point guards, yes, yes, they are, like I'm saying, old, but... Rajon Rondo is a good playoff performer. Playoff Rondo is a thing. Like, it's yeah. a thing. When he was on the Bulls a couple years ago, he was terrible in the regular season and then gets to the postseason 
and they're taking a, a Celtics team that was the number one seed to six games. Raj, Rajon Rondo is incredible in the playoffs. He was the third most important player on the Lakers last year. Like, the Lakers don't win the championship without Rajon Rondo. Yeah. They don't win it without him. They were awful in the bubble until he came back. They needed him. He's important to them. And now he's on the Clippers. And you're not asking Rondo to score 20 points a game. That's not who he is. Rondo can now be an, a distributor, break a defense down, and make the right play. You're not going to find a guy in the league that doesn't know how to make the right play more than him. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's LeBron. LeBron is the only other guy in the league that's better at what he does than what Rondo can do for you. Yeah. So I also think it's huge that the Clippers did not have to give up Avika Zubaj. Yeah, that's a big move for them. Like, they, they brought in Rajon Rondo, who, as we said, is a great playoff player point guard and they didn't have to get rid of their 24 year old center yeah I mean if you go up and down the Clippers roster basically the only young asset they had was Zubats and they they, they were able to keep him somehow yeah. I I mean if I was the Hawks I would I wouldn't have left the table without Zubats I just yeah. wouldn't have and maybe the Clippers don't make the deal if he's in it but I I would have demanded Zubats in that deal I just would have if I'm the, if I'm the Hawks you you need as many assets as you can and they missed out on one there, I think. Yeah, and I mean, it, it would have been easy for the Hawks to pick up because he's only making $7 million annually. Yeah, the Hawks have plenty of cap space to so, work with. I mean, Hawks could be counted as a loser. No, I don't I don't think they're no? a loser. I, I think they had to move Rondo. They got a pick for him, um, you know, a second rounder. And they, yeah. Lou Will, they might even waive him. I don't know. But, you know, they, they needed to move off of him because he, he wasn't going to gel with them. You know, and you do the right thing. You sign him, you get a little bit out of him, and then you move him so that you know you're not, you know, causing ill will between an agent and a player and an organization. You just move him at the deadline. I feel like they might have even bought him out if they couldn't have moved him, but someone would have traded for him, no question. Um, I want to ask you this: We talked earlier, and I want to talk about the Bulls and the Magic, and you seem to be under the impression that the Bulls did a great job yesterday in getting Zubat or in um, Vucevic getting Vucevic sorry I'm getting my foreign guys mixed up here big white foreign centers <laughs> sometimes it, it's it's troubling yeah so I think it's I think it's great actually they get a, a, a huge scoring big out of Nikola Vucevic to pair with their all-star in Zach Levine and I mean Vucevic has averaged 25 points 12 rebounds and four assists so like I said, I, I really like it. I know you disagree. I'm more interested to hear why you disagree more than anything else because I think it speaks for itself. Yeah, it, so I don't Zu, – or Zuba, Jesus. Vucevic is – oh, yeah, I deserve it. Um, look, Vucevic is a good player. And, you know, if you're the Bulls, you've been in – you know, just kind of like purgatory for the last, what, 10 years now? You know, yeah, I mean, they you, haven't been good. You know, they, they've had some rough seasons, um, and, and Vooch is a good player. He is, and so he's going to help you. You're going to get in the play-in game now. Like, you're going to be a top-10 seed. Uh, I don't know if I would have given up Wendell Carter yet, though. I, I, I'm still on the Wendell Carter can play, train, and, you know, you're giving him up for a 30-year-old center who is, you know, I mean, he's averaging what here? Um I don't know, like 20, 24 a game. Yeah, he's averaging like 24 yeah. a game. You know, so he's a good player, but I just, I wouldn't have traded two firsts and Wendell for him. I, 
if I'm the but Bulls. But it also comes down to what do the Bulls average those first round picks at? And I I will admit, I don't know what the value of NBA first round picks are. You explained to me earlier that it comes down to just who needs them. It's it's who needs them, and I mean it's where they're going to be drafting. And yeah. I don't think if you don't have Vucevic on your team, you're a lottery team. You know, they they're, they would have been in the lottery yeah. for sure. So, I mean, let me ask you this: Would you rather have two years of potentially top ten picks, or a thirty year old center that gets you into the playoffs but gets you knocked out in the first round? I mean, assuming that they get knocked out in the first round, yes, I would rather take those top ten picks of like. No, no, they're they're getting knocked out in the first round. If they make the playoffs, they're playing Brooklyn or they're playing Philly. They're not beating those teams. Yeah, then, then yeah, I'm I'm taking those two two years of top ten picks. But you're on the Wendell Carter train. I get that he's 21 years old, but he's only averaging 11 points. Yeah, and and I understand that. And and I mean, I don't. And I mean, since he started, he's only averaged 11 points and eight rebounds a game. He hasn't shown any signs of huge progression yet and then see I don't I don't think that Wendell Carter is going to be this big stats guy I think he's got Al Horford in him and Horford never put up stats Horford was always I'm going to make the right basketball play and I like centers that can do that I just feel like Chicago hadn't unlocked him yet because they were still trying to figure out okay well can we play him and marketing together you know what is Zach Levine with this team they have Kobe White they have Patrick Williams like I really like the Bulls they're one of my sneaky like league pass teams you know when I'm bored Oh, the Bulls are playing. Let's check them out. Let's see how Wendell Carter's doing tonight. Yeah. Let's see how Kobe White's doing. I, I like Zach Levine. I've been off of him for a while now. But, I mean, look, he made an all-star team this year. He's he's really tuned up his efficiency. I think he's shooting like 41% from three. And I think he's shooting 52% from the field, which is really good. I yeah. mean, you know, that's, that's almost 50-40-90 club. I think he's in the 50-40-85 club, which is pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, so the Bulls are only two games behind eighth place. They have 19 wins, and the Celtics are an eighth of 21. So, they're not. They're not. In your opinion, dude, does Vucevic allow them to pass the Celtics and take the eighth spot? I mean, we're gonna see teams like the Hornets fall out because they lost. I expect the Knicks to fall out too. Yeah. Yeah, I expect the Knicks to fall out. I, I think that the Knicks are just they're they're riding high, and teams are still gassed. You know, they're still getting their legs back. You know, some of these playoff teams. I expect the Celtics to rise, and I'm a Celtics fan. You know that. But, look, I don't think they're going to be a top-five seed. I think the Celtics are going to get up to six. They're going to get out of that play-in game. Um, I think so the right Bulls, now, six is against the Nets. Do you think the Celtics can beat the Nets? I think the Nets are going to get to the two seed. Yeah? Probably the one seed. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, we'll discuss the Celtics in a minute. But I think that the Bulls are probably good for eight to ten, somewhere in there. Yeah. And maybe they win the play-in game. I, I just – I'm good with them if they're if they just want to win and they want to get their young guys in the playoffs. If that's their goal, good job. Like you did the right thing if that's your goal. Yeah. But if your goal was uh we need to be a little bit more relevant and let's throw away some future, I don't like that. Do you think that this is going to drive players to want to come to Chicago though? No. No. We haven't seen Chicago been able to attract free agents ever. I I mean, I don't nobody, think it's going to be all-stars. I don't think it's going to be anybody really great, but if I'm a player that Hey, I'm I'm on a really bad team right now. I'm overperforming for side team, and I'm a free agent next year. I would be looking into joining a team that has Zach Levine at the shooting guard. You have Laurie Markin at the four and Vucevic at the five. I like that. Why? Because that's a that. So say I'm. What notable free agents are there next year? Well, Kawhi can be one. Um, 
actually the free agents class the free agent class isn't very good this this coming year. It's yeah, but you have two. Okay, so why you have two young players in Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen that are is that, okay? Let me ask you this: Is Zach Levine good enough to be the second best player in a championship team? Yes. No. You don't think so? You, not at all. I don't think at all. Really? I think Zach Levine can be your third best player. I think he'd be your third best player. Do you, okay, let me ask you this: Do you know how many playoff games? Nikola Vucevic has played in in his career. And do you know how many playoff wins he has? I'm going to guess zero playoff wins. He has two playoff wins oh, and in 10 playoff games. Yeah. Okay, so he's gotten gentlemen swept twice. I mean, you know, I just, I don't think he, I mean, I think he would change life for a super team or, you know, if he had gone to, I don't know, um, maybe Milwaukee. Not that Milwaukee would need him, but let's say you put him on the Bucks. Yeah, I think that changes life for the Bucks. But for Chicago, you know, the, the issue with Vucevic is you kind of have to tailor your offense to what he does well. And what him and Zach Levine do well is their own separate thing. Yeah. I just don't think that they mesh well together. So I just, I don't, I, I don't like what they did. I just, I would not have been the Bulls. I would have been another team willing to get him, just not the Bulls. I just... I don't know. I, I just I'm not for and you know how I feel about this. I'm not for mediocrity. Yeah. I'm, if if their whole goal is we just need to get our young guys in the playoffs because we need to feel like we've accomplished something. Fine, you got me. But yeah, but I, what what? So say they win two games. They win one play. They play two playoff games. They win the first one and they get knocked out on the second. You change your mind at all? Or are you saying that they have to at least make? Eastern Conference Championship game. Oh, they're not making Eastern Conference. Yeah, no. but what what would make you change your mind on this deal being good for the Bulls? If they can get up to, like, the four seed and get to the second round. Okay. I, I If they can get to the second round of the playoffs, I take it all back. I'm wrong. But I just – I don't see that. I, I don't see a true improvement. I would have rather have had Wendell Carter, who's still 21, and two first-round picks. I just would have. I – and, and first-round picks can get overvalued. But I'm not overvaluing a first-round pick of a team that might not make the playoffs. I mean, they're not guaranteed to make the playoffs. The East is, is deep. The East is 10 teams deep. Yeah. You know, the, the Raptors aren't even in the playoffs right now. And, and the Raptors are still, you know, they should be good still. You know, the Celtics are the eighth seed right now. They were in the conference finals last year. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it's, a, it's a good trade if you're just trying to get your young guys some experience. I, I, I'll give them that. They, they were sick of not making the postseason. They're Chicago. You know, they're a marquee franchise. They need their fans to be behind these young guys. So they went out and they got a guy that's going to get them the eight seed. All right, fine. You, you know, you got me. If, if that's your goal, fair enough. But I just, I wouldn't have sacrificed a ton of future for that. I just wouldn't. Yeah. Now, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know. I, I think a, uh, a playoff appearance and a potential playoff push is a kick in kick in the right direction for the Bulls I I don't know I I see as them making playoffs a better thing than not I don't you said I don't stand for mediocrity well isn't not making the playoffs mediocrity not if you're no because not making the playoffs if you're if you're the eight seed or the nine seed you have a middle of the first round pick yeah I would rather be the 12 seed but than the nine than the eight seed I would rather have the 12th Worst record in the in the um, conference, than be the eight seed. I just would. I I would rather be picking in the top six. It's it's different in football because in the NBA, one guy can change your franchise. 
you know, what if they hit the lottery next year and get Cade Cunningham? And I'm not even that big on Cade Cunningham, but you are. And what if the Bulls land Cade Cunningham next year? I mean, that helps them tremendously. Right. But now you've added Vucevic, and you're basically taking yourself out of that. Yeah. I mean, but the Bulls haven't been the the best of drafting in the first round. No, so and, and and believe me, that so team has messed up more picks than anybody. I mean, in my in my opinion, I like it because you're you're assuming you have two more good years of Nikola Vucevic. Oh, he's 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 gonna play till he's like thirty six. He's got so, an old style game, so you're gonna have him for six years probably. I mean, I would take the risk of hey, I'm I'm getting a good center and I'm not gonna draft a Patrick Williams with pick number four in the first hey, round. No, 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 no. Patrick Williams can play. He he's going to be good for them. I I I hated on that pick at first, but I, after watching him play, he has something. There there's something there. I think they made a really good pick there. So I don't know if this is a a, a great question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So if you're the Bulls two years ago, are you trading the number seven pick, which they drafted Wendell Carter with? Yep. Are you trading that for Nikola Vucevic in 2018? Because I think I am. Yeah, I probably would have. One pick, yes. Is it you're you're telling me I get I get Nikola Vucevic for the seventh pick in the draft? No, you're nothing else up is the included. Seventh pick in the draft, right? I'm Nikola I'm Vucevic. giving up the seventh pick of the draft for Nikola Vucevic. I mean, other things up. would be included, but I mean, it's um, not, what's what's included? Just salary not, filler, or yeah, probably because it's not you're getting a seventh pick in the draft. So I mean, yeah, it probably wouldn't be much. So salary guys, yes. like to fill in yes. spots. At not no no young talent, nothing that's. Going to potentially harm my future. I mean, I don't think at that point they were giving up Zach Levine, so probably not. It's probably just con- salary fillers, correct? Yeah, I mean, I if, if it's just the seventh pick in the draft, that's that's different. I, I'm I'm just not comfortable giving up a young player and two first round picks. Okay, that's that's where I, I am. I I don't overvalue first round picks, but I value first round picks when you're a franchise that's been picking in the lottery every year. Yeah, I I just I would rather have them because there's no guarantee that you know if if this doesn't work, and then what? What if it doesn't work and they're, like, the fourth worst record in the league next year? Then guess what? The Bulls are still the old Bulls. But well, yeah, and, but now you don't have any picks. You, don't you know, I just... You don't have any picks for two years. I I don't see it as being a, a, a big deal. I don't think it's going to hurt them. I don't think it's... I think it's going to help them more than it's going to hurt them. Yeah, I mean, you're you're probably right. I just... I look at it as you're still a really young team and you probably could have used one more young asset. That's where I am, am with it. Um, I want to transition here to the Magic uh, because the Magic and the Clippers, and we already talked about the Clippers, but I felt like the Magic were the big winners. Yeah, so I think, to use your word, the Magic are settling for mediocrity. They're getting rid of their star players and Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, and Evan Fournier. Okay, I disagree with you because mediocrity to me is like you're finishing 8th, ninth, 10th. Oh, Magic okay. are trying to so be you bad. So your definition of mediocrity is you are right on the brink of playoffs. Right. You're you're picking like okay. 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th in the draft. Uh, That's right. where you're picking. That's mediocrity to me. Okay. I would much rather be doing what the Magic are doing, selling off your players for draft pick for draft capital, young assets, and tanking. I, I just I like Jonathan Isaac. I like Markel Fultz. Yeah. I like RJ Hampton and I like um Oh God, the North Carolina kid, um, Cole uh, Anthony. Yeah, Cole Anthony. Thank you. Uh, I like him, and yeah. you know, I think that they're clearly going to tank, and they're kind of in you know a race to see who can get you know. I mean, their team is very young now. Oh, it's it, it might be the youngest young. team in the league. 
I mean, they're racing right now with, well, the Pistons have 12 wins. They're at 15 wins. Do you um, know what they've been running for their starting lineup? Have they been doing Cole Anthony at the one, Fournier Cole Anthony's the two? hurt right now. Okay. Yeah, he's he's been in and out. Um, I don't even know who they've been starting. I, I try not to watch the Magic as yeah. much as possible. They just but depress me. To go over what I assume their starting lineup is going to be, they have, when Cole Anthony's healthy, they have a 20-year-old Cole Anthony at the point guard. They have a 25-year-old Dwayne Bacon at the shooting guard or 26-year-old Gary Harris, or you could even start RJ Hampton at the two, and he's 20 years old. At the small forward, if they go straight up small forward, they have they, James They've Dennis. been using um, Terrence Ross and James Ennis a lot, going back and forth with them. Yeah, so, I mean, they're both 30 years old. All right, uh, Terrence Ross is 30, and James Ennis is also 30. Okay, yeah. And then you have a Jonathan Isaac, who's 23, and then you have... Mo Bamba at the five, or now Wendell Carter Jr. at the five, who's 21. I think their average starting age is around 26 years old. Yeah, so Jonathan Isaac is still hurt. Um, but, yeah, and, and right now, it's time to see what Mo Bamba is. Yeah. Because, uh, it's. I mean, this is what your – I think this is your three now. Yeah. Uh, and we have yet to see him because it's, oh, Ken Birch, you know, took his spot. Well, how come he can't beat out Ken Birch? And, oh, we got Vooch and – well, how come you know you're not playing him behind Vooch? Well, I, at this point, if he can play, he can play, and if he can't, you're going to find out real quick. Everything shouldn't have to be perfect to find out if somebody can play. Yeah, it just shouldn't have to be perfect, and it seems like we're making excuses for the guy just to see if it's perfect for him to be able to play. So, look, I love what the Magic did. They got rid of Gordon, they got rid of Vooch, and they got rid of Evan Fournier. They got draft assets, they got young players. They're accepting that they have to rebuild this team, and. I get it. The Magic are on their 12th rebound or 12th rebuild in the last 14 seasons. We've been doing this. Look, we get it. And we all know the the Magic love 6 foot 9 guys that can't shoot. That's like their favorite thing to draft. So maybe in this draft we draft a point guard, but I mean I guess they got some good guards now. Yeah. I don't even know. I haven't even started my NBA drafts anything with them. I got Cade Cunningham number 1. And that's as far as I've gotten so far. So I'm not even going to discuss like potential draft picks here. Um, but you know they're they're going to be fighting with the Timberwolves, the Rockets, um, you know the Wizards are another team. Uh, yeah. You know they're they're going to be battling for a top five pick for sure. You know they're they're tanking. That's that's clear. But I think any time that you can accept to be bad and just be bad. I think that's a win for a franchise. And, and you know, I, I know that fans are going to, wow, you shouldn't, you know, intentionally throw games to try to get better draft picks. Why not? Why yeah. not? Look at look at Philly. Philly threw games. They threw seasons. And look where they are now. They're leading the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it took a while and it was painful as hell, but they got there, you know. I would do that 10 times out of 10. If, if that's what it takes to turn my franchise around, I would do that. I would lose... 82 games in a row, if I could, to guarantee, and you can't guarantee your t- yourself the number one pick, but if and I can guarantee myself for a top five pick, almost yeah, surefire, almost surefire, they're probably going to be, yeah, and, they, and they've had terrible lottery luck, yeah. just terrible lottery luck. Every year, it seems like they fall, but I would much rather guarantee myself a top five pick than end up picking 16th. I just would, and they were headed for, you know, the 16th pick in the draft, and that's, that's just the worst position to be in. Yeah. I, I would not want to be there. Um, you want to talk about the Nuggets here? Or the Celtics. I was just going to transition you to the do other side. You want to do either one of them? Okay, let's go, go Nuggets first. Choose. Let's do Nuggets. Because I, I don't want to spend 20 minutes on the Celtics, and I know I could, but I don't want to do that. So, I, 
I don't know. The Nuggets need need some other asset to help them make a playoff push. I think Aaron Gordon helps. I know you have your disagreements with me on no, that one. I see. I don't. I don't disagree with you that Aaron Gordon's going to help them in the postseason. I disagree with. We were hearing rumors that Boston was ready to give up Marcus Smart, Romeo Langford, and two firsts for Aaron Gordon. And it's like, well, when did Aaron Gordon become you know a top fifteen player in the league? Yeah. I mean, d- did I miss something? When, when was the last time he made an All Star team? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. He hasn't. He's also been on the Magic. Yeah, but he's been on the Magic with nobody. It'd be great for him to share his stats. And look, Aaron Gordon, you know, he's having his best statistical career year. Um, I think he's at uh, 40, 43% from the field, 30, 37% from three. I mean, those are good numbers. But Yeah, he's averaging 15 points a game, seven you know, rebounds. I'm not giving up two first-round picks for that and not yeah. Marcus Smart either. But, I mean, Denver needed a guy to bridge the gap between, you know, Jokic and Murray and then Porter. They needed a yeah. guy to bridge that gap, and I feel like Gordon really fits that well. He does the Jeremy Grant thing, but he's got a different position with it. You know, Grant is more an a- of an athletic guy with in the dunker spot where, you know, Gordon can shoot it a little better, and he's a little bit better with the handle, you know, so you can do some different things with him. But I think people have really blown out of proportion how good Aaron Gordon is over the last couple of days. I mean, he turned into, like, a top 15 all-time player for some reason. And yeah. I mean, he's not that. You know, he, he's a top 40 player in the league now. But and, and I think what the Nuggets gave up to get him was actually a good package. I, I really like what they did. Uh, Gary Harris, RJ Hampton. You know, the Nuggets need to win now. You, you've got a guy right now in Jokic that I think is the best center in the league. And oh, I mean, there's an argument to be made, but I've made this argument numerous amounts of times. Joel Embiid can have the, the better defensive stats all he wants. They're not much better, but... That passing, that he's incredible. Yes. He is, he is an absolute joy to watch play basketball, and he's he's a point guard. It's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. I I could talk about how good Jokic is like all day. He absolutely puts a smile on my face when I watch basketball. If you wanted a player that can one hundred percent play any position on the court. Right now, it's Nikola Jokic for me. I will take. Well, that. I mean, it's LeBron, but. You know, I mean, LeBron is hurt okay, so as you, of right now. Okay, but okay, so you put LeBron one. If I'm asking, if I'm looking for a guy that can just offensively dominate a game for 48 minutes, I'll take Jokic. Yeah. I really would. I, you know, and Durant's great. You know, Giannis is great. No, give me Jokic. Oh, that yeah. dude is 100%. phenomenal. He is, he is literally Bill Walton, Arvidas Sabonis, and Larry Bird all yeah. in one. It, it, it is incredible. His basketball IQ, everything he does is amazing. So when I see the Nuggets turn around and trade some young assets, you know, to go and get a guy like Aaron Gordon to help him them make a playoff push, you know, I I love it. I love when teams are uh, willing to go all in. You know, it's and I just had a little bit of a stroke there, but um, <laughs> yeah, I I think you know what the Nuggets did was great. They didn't give up too much for him. They got a guy that they like and he's he's under contract for another year. So, yeah. you know, you're going to get a chance to look at him. I I am higher on him than you are. I I really like him. I think he fits good in the the Nuggets system and hey, if that's what gives them a playoff push to potentially get to the Western Conference Finals, hey, better better to him. The Western Conference Finals should be the Nuggets and the Clippers. That's what it should be because I, I don't think the Lakers are getting Anthony Davis back this year. I know that he was supposed to be out like a month and a half, but whenever I hear the word Achilles, you know, and injury, 
that's usually the season. Yeah. I mean, I, you can't rush him back. I don't think they're getting Anthony Davis back. And now LeBron, like, they're not even going to look at him for over a month. I mean, the Lakers are going to fall to, like, the seven seed here. If they fall to seven and they have to play as the seven seed, that is a huge problem for them. So if I'm the Nuggets, I do need to make a push. Like, I need to make a push and get into the top four. And, you know, this is a chance for me to get to the finals. Because, look, do I think anybody's beaten Brooklyn? I really don't. I, I hate to say it, but when you put three of the top 15 players in the league on the same team, it's going to be really hard to beat them. But I still appreciate a team that's going for it. And, you know, Denver's weird. Like, they're weird. Yeah, Most they're teams don't have a center nice. that can do what they can do. And they can shoot it. They can re- if Jamal Murray can get hot, he can do a lot of things to change a series. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with what they did. I think it was a good move. It fixes somewhat of a problem because they lost Jermichael Green, or not Jermichael Green, uh, Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Um, and they replaced him with Jermichael Green. So, yeah, my brain was on kind of the right track there. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think they overpaid. I think they got a solid guy that they're going to have for two seasons. And – they should be able to make a playoff push. I mean, he's what, 20? Yeah, he's 25. Yeah. He's 25, and, you know, if you can get him under contract again, that'd be huge for you as well, you know, to add somebody like that to your to a very good lineup. They have a good roster, and if Michael Porter Jr. can get better, I still don't know why God. Mike Malone has problems with him. Just play the kid. Like, just play him. I, I, so I don't know. So, the Nuggets are currently sitting at 26 and 18. Um. Where where's a good spot for you for them to finish the season off at? They're the fifth seed right now, twenty six and eighteen. Where do you want? Where do you see them finishing, and where do you want them to finish to be able to make that push to be in the Western Conference Finals? Well, there's like uh, I think there's like twenty nine or thirty games left. Um, I th- they're gonna pass the Lakers just because the Lakers are gonna they're gonna slip. If they can get to three which I think they can get to three because I, I think the Suns might start coming back down to earth a little bit. Um, and I think the Clippers are going to take a big jump. If they can get to like three and the Lakers, you know, or they avoid the Lakers in the first round, I think that's huge. Yeah. So wherever wherever they can get in the standings where they aren't playing the Lakers first, I think is big. Just avoid them in the first round or or even play them in the first round. You don't know what LeBron's going to look like. So, you know, wherever – Wherever they feel most comfortable, you know, they should try to position themselves. If they feel like the Lakers are a good matchup for them, then go for the Lakers. But they might even think they want to play the Clippers again. I mean, I wouldn't want to play the Clippers again because I still think the Clippers have the most dangerous team in basketball because they can just shoot the lights out. But, I mean, if you want to play Phoenix in the second round, get to the three seed or the, you know, I don't know if they're going to be the two, but if you can get to the three seed and they're the two or – Whatever, you know, find the the best matchup. I think the top matchups for them would be Phoenix, uh, probably Utah, Portland, yes and no. Honestly, I'd say any team that's not named the Clippers, I would feel comfortable playing as the Nuggets. Yeah, 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 you're probably right, actually. shoot for the two seed or the one seed. Just avoid them at all costs. Well, the Clippers might be the, the two. I I don't know if they're gonna be able to catch the Jazz. Jazz are playing really hot. They are, I, but it's also a playoff Jazz. Yeah, and that's that's fair. You know, they've they've had some struggles. Yeah. Um, I don't trust Rudy Gobert at all. I don't want to hear about screen assists or anything that he does. I wouldn't be paying my center ninety million dollars. That's just me. Um, 
yeah, they're they're probably one of the weaker one seeds I've seen in a few years. Uh so we talked about the one side of that magic trade. And as the resident Celtics fan here, why don't you take us into the other side of that magic trade with Evan Fournier? So this has been a rough year for me. Uh Patriots had a rough year. Now you know how I feel all the time. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. We'll be back. Um the Celtics have been struggling, and I felt like, and, and Celtics Nation didn't really feel the same way, but I think that Fournier really solves a lot of problems for them because they just needed another guy to come off the bench and to hit shots, and I think that he does that for them. He fills a role. He's a wing. He's six seven. He's averaging 19 a game right now, which is just weird, but I, I they only gave up two second-round picks. They cleared off some salary to get him. They put him into the traded player exception, so thank God they used that because God knows everyone in Boston would have been calling for Danny Ainge's head if he didn't use that on somebody. So he did that. I feel like, you know, Ainge made a move because he felt a little bit of pressure to make a move, which, fine. Um, he's on an expiring, which I don't love, but it sounds like they might be able to retain him. They have his bird rights. Um, so I like what they did. I mean... Losing Tice really sucks. Daniel Tice is, I mean, you know how I feel about Daniel Tice. Tice is nice. He is nice. But, you know, they were, they were going to lose him in the offseason anyways, so they got under the luxury tax. Um, I, I don't know. I like Fournier. We'll see. They need Tatum and Brown to really step up, and everything's going to count on Kemba being healthy. If, if that team's not healthy, and Jesus, have they had health problems this year. I mean, between Marcus missing games, Kemba missing games, you know, Tatum gets COVID and he's out for two weeks. And it's like, Jesus, can we just get healthy for two weeks? I mean, can I get two weeks of healthy Celtics basketball? So I think Fournier fills the role because honest to God, I can't watch Shemi Ojale and Grant Williams and Javante Green and Jeff Teague and go down the list of guys for the Celtics that continue to miss shots that are wide open. Uh, if this guy can just hit open shots for us, I'm good. Like, I'm I'm happy with it. So is there any way that the starting lineup changes for you? Is there any way that Evan Fournier takes that starting shooting guard position for Marcus Smart? Or no, I would start Smart. Yeah. I would I would rather bring Fournier off the bench because... Is it a chemistry thing for you, or is it just you think Marcus Smart is better? I, just I, I think that because usually Tatum's the first guy, the first guy to come off the floor. Mm-hmm. So I would rather have Fournier be the first guy off the bench because then he comes in when Tatum and Kemba go out and you're not losing a ton of offense. See, if you have Fournier start, you're missing some defense on the starting rotation and then you know, then you're bringing in Smart. I would just rather bring him off the bench instead. I think it fits a little bit better and that four, like that core four is really good together. So I would rather keep that together in the starting lineup, but honestly, starting lineups don't matter anymore. Um, it's really about your closing five. And what I think this does is this lets them get back to the, the small ball, Tatum playing the center uh, lineup, which was it, was, it was a death lineup for them last year. I mean, when they were able to go to that, which wasn't often because, you know, Gordon Hayward, Mr. Cursed of everything. I mean, God, can we break our hand or pull a hamstring or break our kneecap or whatever? Uh, when they were able to go with the five, I'm, I'm sorry. I, this is such a bad topic for me. <laughs> I'm so emotional about this right so now. So let's get off of the bad part. Then. Yeah. <laughs> let's move into what I see as a good thing. Um, with trading Daniel Tice, which I've heard mixed reviews, 
from you, and I've seen other Celtics fans on, say, Twitter. Um, don't, Celtics Twitter is the worst Twitter. I don't even follow Celtics Twitter because it is the most enraging thing ever. It is terrible. Okay, well, you now have Mo, Wag- no, Mo Wagner. Wow. And he's 23 years old, so... I mean, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel in that aspect of trading Daniel Tice. So I think I think I liked the Tice move because it makes Robert Williams more important to the team. Yeah. Because Robert Williams has been the best center they've had all year. And look, we saw it the other night. Uh, Brad Stevens can't help himself. He really likes drawing up plays for Daniel Tice at the end of games for some reason. And honestly, I think Danny Ainge traded him because he's like, I can't I can't let Brad do this anymore. I need to just get him off the team. Um. Look, Mo Wagner is not gonna do anything for us. No, you don't think no. so. No, he's he's your twelfth guy. You just have him as you know insurance. You need a couple fouls. No, he's he's not playing. Um, maybe he'll get some time, but not in the playoffs. So to you, your starting lineup is relatively the same: Kemba, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Tristan Thompson. No, I think it goes to Robert Williams. Yeah. Yes, hmm. I, I think Robert Williams becomes a starter. Um, I also think that though now they cleared roster spots. They move Jeff Teague, they move Javante Green, and they move Tice. Yeah. They're going to buy out Luke Cornett, who they also got in the Mo Wagner deal, and they have Mo Wagner. They have an open roster spot. They are linked to Andre Drummond. I'm not the biggest Drummond fan, but look, if, if they're going to go out and get Andre Drummond, I'm fine with it. You know, it's a buyout guy. It's going to be a one-year deal is what it is. Um. Yeah, I, people are really upset about the Tice thing, and I am too. I, I like the guy. Great player, played with a lot of heart, toughness. But at the end of the day, he you know he had trouble in the playoffs last year with Embiid. He couldn't guard Bam down the stretch. So that's why they went out and got Tristan Thompson. Robert Williams is turning into – I mean, if you – if someone went into a coma like yesterday or 20 years ago and they came out of it yesterday and you showed them highlights of James Wiseman, DeAndre Ayton, and Robert Williams, they would tell you that Robert Williams is the best one of those three players. His highlights alone are incredible. When he's yeah. on the floor, good things happen. So, I think they move Tice because they need Robert Williams to be more important. And Taco you know, Fall, I would love for them to play Taco. He just he makes the game weird. You, th- he's seven feet seven. Just just throw him in there for ten minutes, Brad. He can change things. I, I can we move on? I, I I'm I'm too emotional about this topic. I really am. I just want to talk about one more thing. Where oh my god, done, you're so, killing we've me. We've done this for every team, so I just want to ask the same question. Where does this put the Celtics in the playoff picture? Does it keep you the same around eighth? Or? I think they're going to get back up to four. Yeah, yeah. I think they're they're going to get back to up to four or five. Well, like we said with the Bulls, the Hornets are are for sure going to drop with Lamelo Ball falling out, which is terrible you think the Knicks are gonna fall I can agree I honestly don't think the Hawks are gonna last much longer in, in the top eight so yeah I mean Boston's again okay so the Hornets are 22 and 21 Knicks yeah. are 23 and 22 yeah you're one game back they're, they're, yeah they're literally if they win tonight and they win tomorrow in Oklahoma City they're like back in fourth place assuming those teams lose a game let's go I mean, OKC yeah well you're going down um Alexis Pokachevsky am I right is that guy weigh 190 pounds yet I don't know. He's like a buckle five soaking wet. Um, uh, hey, the Thunder though, good good transition. Thirty four picks in the next seven years. <laughs> Jesus, can we just can talk, we talk about the the future that we hold, the possible good future that we hold? Can we just talk about the fact that the Pelicans, the Thunder, and the Rockets are basically going to be switching picks like every draft? They're, yeah. they're, it's going to be Thunder, 
Pelicans, Rockets making three selections in the first round of the next like five drafts. And if we draft like we did last time, it's not looking so good. Why don't so, you take another guy that's 126 pounds straight out of Greece that looks like he's playing against a freaking chair at a YMCA? Dude, I, I don't know. You tell I, me when he hits 190 pounds and he's taken a free throw yet, and then I'll tell you he can play. <laughs> I don't even think he's taken a free throw and the season, like the G League season ended, and I still don't think he's taken one in the NBA. Probably not. I, the, Look, it's a struggle, I don't even, <laughs> all right? It's a struggle. We... Boku. We had such a good team. Why we got rid of it? Russell Westbrook is toxic. Yes, I, I know. But God, come on. Give us something. We have hope. We have Shea. Other than that, I don't know what we have. Like You got Lou Dort, baby. Woo. Look. Al Horford. Can I, can I interest you in some Al Horford? I love that we have 34 picks in the next seven drafts. There's, are you really going to love them when they all fall there like, is between no, 19 and 27? There is no hope that those picks are going to help us in any way, shape, or form. We need a, we need a trophy. And you know what's we worse? We need to lift that trophy. It's just not going to happen. And you know what's worse? You guys are doing just well enough to not be in the top five of the picks. Like, you guys are going to do just well enough to slip out of those top five picks because it's a five-player draft. Yeah, like, we're winning games. <laughs> Why? I don't know. You guys can't even get tanking right. You'd think that when we need, when we play against the Rockets, we need to lose that game, right? (laughs) They've lost like 22 straight. Nope. We're going to lose that game on purpose. Or we're going to win that game because we know the Rockets are going to lose. So let's just give ourselves a better record. We have 19 wins right now. We're, we're I, I honestly thought that SGA was going to be on the block. Like Presti's getting pissed at him. He's like, we can't afford to to win any more games. We need to start losing now. And then they guaranteed Dort. I would have traded Dort. I feel like someone would have been willing to give up a first-round pick for him. Not that you need another first-round pick. but So there are seven total teams that are doing worse than us right now. That is seven, seven teams drafting ahead of us. I don't like that. Oh, that's bad. And one of which we have, we have the Rockets' first-round pick. It's, protect, it's protected. Yeah. So that's, that's useless. <laughs> well, that doesn't help us at all. Nope. <laughs> so why are we not losing that game to the Rockets – on purpose. Because this it makes is, no sense. Because this is what happens when teams do overvalue draft picks. They look, you have 34 picks. Great. How many of those picks are going to be top five? Serious question. How many of those picks are probably going to be top five? Honestly. You have Clippers picks, the Rockets picks, yes, but they're protected. You know, and then you got some weird picks from everybody else in the league. I mean, they're not going to be top five picks. Yeah. They're going to fall like. 12 to 27. You know how many all-stars come from the 12 to the 27 range? Probably not a lot. You know, one every, like, five drafts, honestly. Billy Donovan back. Oh, Billy Donovan's the answer, huh? No. What is your coach's name, honestly? Like, I'm I'm the NBA guy here, but I honestly can't tell you the Thunder's coach's name. I looked it up a couple weeks ago, and I seriously can't remember what it is. Mark Dagnall. Yeah, he sounds like a guy that can coach basketball. Uh, Anything's better. Anything's better than Billy Donovan? Maybe I, I you know I've never been a Billy Donovan fan. I was calling for his job last year. You were calling for his job three years ago. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> it's so bad that like as as if you're a team, and you're like, hey, in the next seven years we have thirty four picks. Thirty four. You're happy, right? Yeah, can I see the protections on them? I'm dead inside. 
You should be. Looking at those 34 picks, I'm dead because you want to know what they're going to be? Nobody. (laughs) Nobody. You're going to get another Poku? (laughs) Anybody want to show me who the next guy out of Greece is going to be? God, I hope not. Jesus. Like... Oh, I can I, I interest dis- you in Luke Garza? I was disgusted. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I was disgusted. I didn't know who he was. You know, I'm not a huge, huge basketball guy. I understand it more than the average person probably. I wasn't. I was disgusted when I saw his film when you showed it to me on draft night. Disgusted. I, didn't didn't I tell you that some team was gonna take him, and yeah. then we were gonna see. First of all, I said that Commissioner Silver was gonna get his name wrong. Number one. And then the fans were going to see him and see that he weighs about 127 pounds and then see his tape where he's basically in a YMCA playing a bunch of fat 40-year-olds that weigh about 250 pounds each. And you were going to go, oh, my God, we just took Poku. Look, I don't know what it is. He must be a charming man. I, I don't know. I, I mean, he's seven for four. Maybe he's know? the future. You, you don't yeah, know. he's the future. You don't know. I mean, looking at him right now, what, do you have his uh, averages up? Because I, I don't even have the time to like watch. I, I, so, I watch him enough when he's on Shaq and a Fool. But. <laughs> in roughly 22 games, he is uh, or averaging roughly 22 minutes. Sorry. He is averaging six points. And what's his percentage from three? It's got to be like 12%. Not very good. <laughs> uh, dude. I don't even want to talk about it, to be honest. But on the other hand, he's averaging five rebounds. Oh, five <laughs> rebounds. <laughs> oh, my God. Woo. Dude, it's not looking too hot. And I'm willing to admit that. Oh, is field goal percentage one, though? Yeah, what is it? 29.2. Yeah, 29.2. So what's he shooting from three? <sighs> on how many attempts? Uh, Come on, give it to me. It's got to be like nine attempts a game from three. It's got to be. 0.237% from the three. 0.2. So he's shooting 23% from three. Averaging four assists per game. Four, uh, that's, hey, uh, I like that. Four three-point attempts per game. Only four. He's averaging seven. Or where, where is this? Only two assists per game, by the way. Oh, oh never mind. Yeah. He's not. Never mind. He's and not and actually, I got to say, he can pass. I'll give him this. He can, he can really pass. Um, he had one a couple weeks ago. Going out of bounds, throw, throws it behind his head for a dunk. I was like, wow, Poku. But, yeah, I, yeah he's... People want to say he might be Giannis. No, he's not Giannis. He's only 19 years old, though. So I don't care. Some we didn't know that Giannis was going to grow. If he grows four inches, he might weigh less. Like, he might disintegrate into thin air. So, um, his when you Google him, it says he weighs 190 pounds. I don't believe it. Baloney. I don't believe it. No way. It, he's rail thin. He's rail. Th- I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on Boku here. I think we've allotted like 10 minutes for him already. <laughs> so, all right. Give me your favorite move of the day. Just just give me your favorite move of the day overall. Oh, as I said I, I uh, earlier, I think it's the, the Heat getting Victor Oladipo. I, I think that's got to be it. That I said it to you when you had mentioned Kyle Lowry going to the Heat. It's not giving... Jimmy Butler, that superstar that he needs next to him. He has Bam, correct, but somebody that's going to lead them down the court, I didn't think Kyle Lowry was that answer. I I like Dragic a lot. I like Duncan Robinson a lot. I didn't even know that they were in the running for Oladipo until you the trade was made, honestly. But, yeah, that's I think that's got to be my my trade of the day. So, I mean, what's yours? Um, 
yeah, I, I think I said my favorite was the Clippers getting Rondo. I think that was just my favorite move. Um, I think my favorite non-move is just the Suns not doing anything. I still think they should have done something. And you, you and I discussed this. I don't want to spend a lot of time on a team that didn't do anything, but yeah, I feel like they needed to do something and they didn't. And same thing with the Knicks. I felt like the Knicks should have tried to acquire some kind of young talent or an Oladipo, and they didn't. And that's, I mean, that's fine. They yeah. didn't want to do anything, but so as a Knicks fan, I would actually be, I'd be worried because for the first time in a long time, you are actually sort of comfortable with being in fifth spot, fifth place in the East, and. As a as a somewhat Knicks fan, as the only New York team that I actually like, I'm uncomfortable with the thought of them being at five because is it too good to be true? Is what I'm thinking. Why? I would say that Knicks fans should be happy because. But I'd also be scared. No. 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 I they, I think I would be. No, because the problem with New York City and the Knicks is they have every year they have done these knee jerk moves that throw their team backwards five years do I think yeah they they could use a high draft pick yeah sure they could but they've messed so many of them up yeah I like RJ Barrett I like Emmanuel quickly Obi Toppin we'll see um uh Robinson uh Mitchell Robinson I like him as a center Kevin Knox eh, he's probably nothing but you know they needed to win they New York, New York Knicks fans have suffered enough. I mean, this is 20 years of just mediocrity minus the 2013 season. It, it, it was time for them to just make the playoffs. Yeah. So, no, if, if I'm a Knicks fan, I should feel relieved that, that they're having some success. I, and, and I've loved to watch them this year. I think they've played great. Um, they play hard. That's what Thibodeau's going to do. He's going to get this, his guys to play hard and play good basketball as a team. Yeah. So... No, if, if I'm the if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm still irritated with Dolan. Did you see what happened the other night at the Garden? Mm, I don't think so. They had about, um, I think they had like 1,500 fans at the Garden, mm-hmm. and a fan showed up with a band Dolan shirt on, and he got kicked out of the Garden. Huh. And that's Jim Dolan once again acting like a child. You know, can't handle any criticism towards him. And you know, if I'm the Knicks, if I'm Spike Lee as a Knicks fan. You know, any of these celebrity Knicks fans, I'm sorry, I'm not going to games. Steve I'm not May. going to... Yes, yeah, I feel for him. Um, but I, if, if I'm a Knicks fan, though, I'm happy about the team. I'm disgusted by Jim Dolan, but I'm good with where they're going. See, yeah, I mean, where they're going, there is there is a bright side to all of this. They are fifth in the, in the East. But to me, it's just... I'm scared. Like I'd, I'd be kind of nervous. Like you're good for once. You're doing somewhat good. I'm not gonna say good, but you're doing better than years before. Are you nervous because you think it's what whatever can go wrong will uh, go wrong? Yes, and that's because that's always how it's been for the Knicks. Yeah, I mean like, it has been, but at some point, like you've just take just take what's happening and just feel good about it. Yeah, you know, like maybe it falls apart in the next twenty nine games, and they take a shit and they fall down to the 11th seed so well you're saying just be happy that something good is happening. yes to you? Th- that you've won 23 games so far and yeah. you know there's been some success success and you're above 500 just just be happy about that yeah. because the Knicks fans have not had a lot to be happy about they haven't and you know they have some nice young players that can play and Julius Randle is I, I don't even know what happened to him I yeah mean, Jesus he turned into a, an all-star but yeah I 
just just be happy for them. That, that's that's all I have to say. I, I'm happy to see that, that New York basketball is competitive right now. Yeah. And I don't and people might say that the Nets are the real story. No. The story in New York City is the Knicks. People care so much about that team. I think there's more Knicks fans than Yankees fans, to be honest. Like the Knicks, when the Knicks are in in New York City, that's all anyone wants to talk about. Yeah, I mean, coming from someone that I don't support really any New York sports and, and, team. And I don't either. And I like seeing the Knicks. Like, the first ever basketball shirt jersey that I ever had was a Carmelo Anthony Knicks shirt. And, like, I like seeing the Knicks do well. I, I pick on Knicks fans all the time. Oh, oh God. Like, it's it's so funny to Because it's just them. like, but it's the same thing as picking on Nets fan. And I know one Nets fan, so that doesn't really matter. But, like... Yes, as a as a resident Knicks fan, I I'm just thinking, hey, everything's gone wrong in the past, and I am 100% thinking that it's still gonna go wrong. Just just be positive. Just be po- What do you have to lose? Yeah. So your team might take a shit in the next 29 games, and you end up down down the toilet. Who cares? So you get a good draft pick, but you played well for over half a season. Feel good about that. Yeah. You know they 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 should. And the Knicks players themselves like. If Nick fans were in the building right now, you know that would be a really happy Knicks crowd. They would. They would be happy for that team. Yeah. And and that's that's all you can ask for. Um, I got one more thing for you. All right. Zach Wilson pro day. What'd you think? So you know that I am a I'm a huge huge Zach Wilson guy. I've said it from the from the start that I think in five years Zach Wilson will be the best quarterback out of this draft. You disagree with me wholeheartedly since I said it. But I'm also one of those college football fans, I will say. I'm recently getting into college football that I see out of Trevor Lawrence that m- is he too good to be true? Everyone's saying he's good. Is he actually that good? I think no. You think different. So I like what I see out of Zach Wilson. I have from the start. I understand that he hasn't played the most difficult schedule, but... Cupcake. I think in... Five years, he is an easy, easy to me number one quarterback out of this draft class. I'm not saying number one quarterback overall. I'm I don't even think he'll be close to that. But for him to be in five years the number one quarterback out of this draft, I I think that's a that's a shoe in to me. And I think maybe should I say it? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Zach Wilson is the best quarterback out of this draft. So if you're the Jags, you would take him. No, because you're not. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't say hot take. But it's different. It's different as you're being. You're an organized. I am not the Jags organization. If you are the Jags, you are taking Trevor Lawrence because if he goes wrong, if he is not good, you still made the 100 percent right decision that everybody's telling you to make. Okay, that's fair. So I'm not gonna be the the Jags and take Zach Wilson who. I mean, this is me saying hot take. It's not definite, and it could potentially not happen where he's the best quarterback. I think he is. I like what I see. If you take Zach Wilson, and he ends up being bad, and you passed up on Trevor Lawrence, and he ends up being as good as everyone is saying he is, and he is the next Andrew Luck, maybe even better than Andrew Luck, you will be shamed for the next 10 years. If he goes bad, if you take Trevor Lawrence, and he ends up bad, you can't be shamed. That was the 100% right decision. Everybody is saying that there's not a single person that is thinking, hey, why don't I take Zach Wilson at number one? Or why don't I take Fields at number one? Why? Because Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback potential that we've seen since Andrew Luck. Easy. 
do I? Yes, Zach Wilson, I think, is will be better. You can't take him at number one. You just can't. Okay. I mean, that's that's fair. Um, I mean, I, I watched his pro day. I was uh, – look, he's got arm talent. I'm not, yeah. he, he has it. I just – I get worried with him. He's, he's slight of frame, and, you know, the cupcake schedule was just – the one time he played a good team, he got rattled. The thing that scares me the most is will he become overhyped? I think he's good. I've been saying it since he wasn't the number two prospect out of this draft. I've been saying it since it, he was four, probably. But he, I, I, I fear that he's going to be overhyped, and with that comes him playing bad. And it very well could. But like I said, I think he's the number one, number one quarterback. Okay. Yeah, that's because um, I mean you've seen a lot of people when they get overhyped, it, it goes bad. It, it's happened before. It happens in every sport. So. Yeah, I, definitely. I'm, I'm hoping definitely. people kind of just lay off and just let him let him be the quarterback that he he can be, and he, I think he'll be he'll be great. Well, I mean, if he goes to the Niners at three, um, I mean, that's I think that really idea. sets him up to be big time. Yeah. So, uh, that's all I've got for yeah. trade deadline. Um, oh, I got one last thing. Uh, UFC 260. Who are you taking? Stipe. You got Stipe. Okay. Yes. All I right, mean, we'll as much see. as I want to see Ngannou, and it's I it's a Put him round three, but Steve has got this. Knockout, choke out, submission. What, what are you thinking? Uh, decision. Decision? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so I don't want to spend. A, I'm going to lame it out. But So you, what you're telling me is don't spend $70 on this fight? Don't spend $70 on this fight. Just get the get the reruns after it. Watch okay. it that way. YouTube YouTube clips with yes, the bad YouTube angle. YouTube clips All afterwards, right. Instagram clips afterwards, anything like that. Don't pay for this fight. Pay for the next one maybe, not this one. But – Hey, guys, before we go, we are opening up an email for you guys to ask us any questions you may have, and it's at highlyundisputed247 at gmail.com. So yeah, send those in. I, I would love to do some research on some topics. Give us anything you guys got. I already got one for next week. It doesn't even have to be sports-related. If you have yeah, any, any questions anything at all. Anything at all. Anything you guys think we should talk about, discuss, I don't care. We'll do it. And that can open up a new segment for us. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.